So let's uh, let's pick it up. Um, we'll skip that. Okay, uh, verse twenty-three. Let's here we go. So when they were released. So you, you imagine they get sent. They're let go. They went to their friends. ESV says friends. KJV says company. Uh, company is that what you says, Hannah? Company. Um, that is actually a better translation if you want to look at the exact language. But I think in any case, I do like that word friend. I do think it's cool. I, I, I noted it. I thought it was noteworthy. Jesus speaks of friendships, you know. Um, in John 15, he says, you're my friends if you do what I command. And he's talking to his disciples, kind of friends he had. He says, no longer do servants, for servants does not know his master, what his master is doing. But I call you friends for all that you've heard from the Father, all that I've heard from the Father may known to you. This is what Jesus De defines a friend is those who are in the master's business. What's the master's business? What's the father's work? That people believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. And, and I'm thinking these boys, as they followed with Christ, they learned what true friendship looked like. And when they got released, they went to their friends, not just their boys that they hung out with or they grew up with. They went to other people who were their company. You study that Greek word. It's they were our own. They went to those who were just let, shared the same heart and mind, same passion. It's the same people from chapter 2. They were one. They were together. These are the ones that they were devoting themselves with, the scriptures with, prayer with. They went and found these friends. And I think it's cool because these friends shared a common likeness and mindedness, heart that these apostles had. And we're going to see it because they all collectively prayed together like this but um put yourself in the friend's shoes now and imagine peter and john or if you want to put it in more um not only to, let's say kevin and Calais. they went um they went 7-eleven grabbed musubis they got to heal someone all these crowds everyone in newtonu showed up and then whoa and then you know um kev preaches the gospel and then they get thrown in jail and then they're you know Calais singing hymns in jail and whatnot or whatever they come out and they get tried and they and Calais spits it and then they don't know what to do with these two guys so they just brought brought us just get out here just no do that again okay for real for real for real no do that again they get out um, they were, you know, and they show up in our gathering in our midst. They get black eye or whatever. Maybe they're all bust up or whatever. And they tell us just went down. Now, I want us to just, if you're, if you're in the friend's shoes, I just would want to imagine, how would you react? Like, how would you respond? I'm going to be honest. If, if you were to come and report to me that someone messed with you, uh, I don't think my reaction would be what we're about to read. But so anyway, just put yourself in that mood right now, and then let's see what happens. Verse 24 so when they heard it, they lifted their voices to God. Pause. If Kev and Kalei found me, maybe told me that they got rubs or whatever, someone made trouble with them, I might lift my voice, but maybe not to God. <laughs> this is not what the friends did. You notice that? Their reflex is such an anointed reflex. They prayed. They went straight to God. They didn't lift their voices to each other. They didn't yell back at these religious leaders. They didn't get nuts, salty. They began to pray. They lifted their voices to God. That's noteworthy. May we have such a reflex. And look at what they said. Sovereign Lord. Sovereign Lord. That is noteworthy. 
The word study is Lord Master, or it references to the one who holds complete power and authority. They're specifically referencing to this attribute of God, that he is sovereign. And we see that later in the prayer, because he says, you planned it, you predestined it. This is so important for the believer to know about God. Why? Because a sovereign God is in absolute control of everything, everyone, every situation, even now. Why should that, ought that be so comforting? Because it's easy to say, oh, he's a sovereign God. But do you really believe that? Do we really believe that? Is it fleshed out in our reactions? Because if you do not believe in the sovereignty of God, then who's in control? You? Maybe that's why you stress out so much. Him, her, leaders. See, if we are able to see what these believers saw, a sovereign Lord. Lord who is in control, so in control, they define it. What do they say? Sovereign Lord who made the heavens. They know who they're praying to. When we were singing just before this, did you realize that you're singing to the sovereign God who made the heavens and the earth and the sea? Why do they say these things? I think they just are reminding their souls. You're sovereign. You're in charge. And you created everything by the word of your power and everything in them. This is what their prayers were rooted in. This is why if you join us on Sundays when we have our corporate prayer time, we spend the first moments praying the attributes of God. We adore him. We look to him. We start going upward. This is how they prayed. Their prayer was rooted in the attributes of God. See, all that Acts 2.42 Bible study is coming into play right now. Can you imagine if they weren't studying their Bible? And their view of God was very small. How would they pray then? Would they even pray? They're hearing this report of how their brothers were unjustly tried, unjustly persecuted. They even did a good thing. They healed a man. They're threatened. They're being threatened. And how do they make sense of this suffering? How would you make sense of suffering? Well, the Word of God says you make sense of the suffering by first acknowledging the sovereignty of God. You look up and you say, a sovereign God, maker of heaven and earth. That's where you start. But a lot of times we don't start there. You know that great proverb, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding, but acknowledge who? Him. Why, why not lean on your understanding? Why lean on him? Well, because you're not all-knowing. You're not sovereign. You can't explain the chaos to the tear in this world. You could try. You thought 2020 was peculiar and crazy? I expect 2020 to be more strange. How are you going to make sense of all that this year? How did they make sense of the times for them? Ah, sovereign Lord. You're in control. You made everything. Everything I see feel in touch right now. You're in absolute control of it. And everything that happened to our brother Peter and John, you knew that. 
Sovereign Lord, you didn't say whoops. You didn't say oops when Christ went to the tree. That's why Jesus said to Pilate, you don't have authority over me. He says, he references to the sovereignty of God. You don't have authority over me. I know what I'm doing. I'm in complete control of my death. And that Christ abides in Peter and John. And when they're facing persecution and suffering and hardship, and their friends see it, all of these believers who have Christ in them, they say with one voice, Ah, sovereign Lord, maker of heaven and earth and everything. You are God. If you really start to root yourself in the sovereignty of God when you pray, you sleep like a baby. You rest. You rest. I think the question that we need to ponder is just if we believe that, if that's really there, go find your journal entries. Go look at your prayers. How have you been praying? Is it rooted in the attributes of God? I love this prayer. I'll just read it. Uh, or this, this, this verse that Paul writes, Philippians 4, 6-7, don't be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer, supplication with thanksgiving, let your request be made known to who? God. The sovereign God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding. You can't understand. You might not understand. It might not make sense why you're in the situation you're in right now tonight. It maybe did not make sense to Peter and John or the friends. Maybe it didn't. Maybe they were upset. Were they, well, are you serious? After they saw what happened to the lame beggar and, and after you preach what you preach, bro? How, how can they not? I don't get it. Why are they still threatening us? I don't understand. It didn't seem like they had that reaction, but maybe, but... This is what happens when they go to us, Sovereign Lord. There's a peace that surpasses understanding. Remember, your understanding has a limit. That's why you don't want to lean on it. And then it guards your heart. These believers, as they prayed tonight, as we read their, their prayer, their, their hearts are guarded. And their minds, where? In Christ Jesus I pray for us, church family, I pray that our prayer lives would be so rooted in the sovereignty of God. God who? So filled with the attributes of God. God who? This is why you young man, young woman, ought to love theology. You ought to love studying your Bibles. You ought to love going through the Bible reading plan and just looking and surveying at who God is. His faithfulness. His goodness, His kindness, His meekness, His loving kindness, His steadfast love, His perfectness, His holiness. This is who they are praying to. Is our hearts and minds at rest? May I suggest asking the Lord to reveal who He is to you. Reveal, root me, Lord, in the sovereignty of God. Help me, help me to see it even if it makes no sense right now. Verse 25, let's keep going. Now look at where they go in their prayer. So they prayed. Their prayers were rooted in the sovereignty of God. Now it says, verse 25, And through the mouth of our father David, your servant said by the Holy Spirit. That is an action-packed 
verse right there, right? They're now going to reference, because we're going to see it, they're going to reference the Psalm 2. But they're saying, through the mouth of your servant David, David wrote it. And then, by the Holy Spirit. So again, they believe in the inspired word of God. The Bible is written by God. 2 Timothy 3.16, all scripture is breathed out by God. And they do this. They quote scripture. Why did the Gentiles rage? And the people's plot in vain. This is the verse they're quoting. The kings of the earth set themselves and the rulers were gathered together against the Lord and against his anointed. That's the verse they quote. And then they look at what they do. They apply it. Verse 27. For truly in this city, they were gathered together against your holy servant, Jesus. You see how they read the scriptures? They're connecting the holy servant, the anointed, to Jesus. This is what we've been seeing time and time again. That's why in Acts 2.42, when it says they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching, this is what they taught. Christ is the center of the Bible. All scripture is about him. Remember Luke 24? We went there. You see even it's coming out in their prayer. It's so consistent. It's so clear. I love it. Let's keep reading a little bit more. Whom you anointed, and then he says both Herod, Pontius Pilate, along with the Gentiles and the peoples of Israel, to do, and Sister Megan pointed this out, whatever your hand and your plan has predestined to take place. They put all the, the, the power and the sovereignty on God. Like, God, you orchestrated this. We don't believe you're up there in heaven, like, biting your fingernails, like, oh, no, what do I do, Peter and John? My bad. No. I don't want to worship a God like that. <laughs> our God is sovereign. But the last song, Sherry, them saying, our God is greater. I was praying, Lord, help us to truly see that. That you're greater than what we even can comprehend. That you have all the, the little nuts and bolts and situations in our lives orchestrated and planned out sovereignly. And now they're making sense of this suffering using scripture. That is so cool. Can we do that? Do we do that? Their prayers were rooted and grounded in the scriptures. How about us? And not just little, you memorize scripture or you just pray through a scripture. Like really, is this your, is this your reaction to life scenarios? What flows out of you when you're punched in the face? Maybe not even persecuted for the faith. You just get cut off on the freeway. Someone keys your car, whatever. Something happens. You know, you get caught up in a pileup on the H1. What spills out of us? What's in your cup? Spurgeon said this of John Bunyan, who wrote Pilgrim's Progress. He said, you cut that man and he'll bleed scripture. I want to be that. I want to be a people that's so soaked up in the Word of God, so filled with His Word, that if we're resisted or, or there's persecution comes or trials hit you, hard times hit you, you know what spills out of you? The Word of God. Sovereign Lord, you're in control. And you said, is that our reaction? That was theirs. I love these friends. I can see why they wanted to be friends was not our Lord Jesus when he was tempted by the tempter. Was not his constant response. It is what? Written. Rooted and grounded in the Word of God. 
That's why, that's why we have Bible reading plan. That's why, that's why we encourage each other to read daily, regularly, not to be religiously righteous on our own ability, not to boast in that, that you checked all the boxes for 2021. How can a young man keep his way pure? But living according to your word. I stored up your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. You delight for your truth to be in the inner parts, wisdom in the secret heart. Jesus said, if my word abides in you, is not the word living and active and it's sharp. I love the scriptures. We need more of the scriptures than we've ever needed them. How will you respond in suffering and persecution? How will we as a church respond? I hope and pray we say, you said, it is written. Through the mouth of your servant, he said, it says, the Bible says, Scripture says, the Word of God says. God, help us, please. Be people of the book. Lovers of the word. Learn, practically think, pray. If you, if you haven't done this, pray scripture. Pray through the scriptures. Memorize the prayers of the saints in the scriptures. That's something I'm trying to do in my own devotional time. Just memorize the, the prayers that Paul wrote. In, in hopes that it gets so worked in me that that's what, just what happens. That's what flows out of me if you cut me. If I get hurt. We're only in chapter 4 in the book of Acts. This would be fun for you. Go back. Maybe it'll be fun for you. More studious people would be fun. Go, go from chapter 1 to chapter 4 and just write down, count how many times they, they reference Scripture already. Whether it's some church problem they got, like, you know, um, they're trying to figure out who to replace um, the apostle in chapter 1 or chapter 2 and Peter's preaching. Chapter 3, he's preaching. Chapter 4, they're praying. We're only in chapter 4. Go count how many times they referenced the scripture and go look up how many verses they already spit. This is a church that is so saturated in the word of God. Just filled with the word, love the word, trust in the word. Why? Because it's God's word. It's the word of God. I remember a prayer time of mine just sitting down, looking at my Bible and telling myself that's the word of God. And I said it like three, four, five, until it finally hit my heart like, that's the word of God. That's the word of God. And then it just made to my heart, and I never looked at it the same again. Is it possible for me to understand it, to hear it, to know it? To... It makes, it's just amazing. When God grants you that faith, how can you not binge on the Bible? It's the Word of God. So much so that their prayer. <laughs> Rooted and grounded in the scriptures. Let's keep on. If you're taking notes, you're thinking right now, you're praying as you're hearing this, and God's giving you, the Spirit might be giving you inspired ideas of how to apply this. Maybe as you're analyzing your prayer life, you have not really prayed 
You're not praying the attributes of God. You're not, you're not seeing the sovereignty of God. You're just seeing your circumstance. You're just saying, Hosanna. That's it. You don't see the bigger picture. Then ask, ask Lord, okay, help, help me. What, what do I need to do? You're, re- you're recognizing your prayer life is very, very not in tune with the scriptures. Ask the Holy Spirit for ideas, disciplines, so that God would make us such a people that if we get cut, we bleed the Bible. Verse 29, almost Paul. And now, look, Lord, look upon their threats. I like that. Just, I mean, I thought, why would they say that? I mean, they already said he's sovereign, so they already know he knows the situation. But I don't know. I just imagined a child just being, Dad, you see what's happening, right? You see me, right? You see this, right? You see what's going on, right? I don't know about you, but there is something so sweet in the hour of prayer when you recognize that God sees and he knows exactly what's going on in your life. I love this part of the prayer. Lord, look. Look upon their threats. Same word used in Acts 9, I believe, when Peter, or 8, Peter was, uh, Paul was, Saul at the time, breeding murderous threats down the church. Look upon their threats. I don't know if anyone in this house has been threatened recently because of the faith. You've been mocked, scoffed, teased, shafted, rejected by your own family, perhaps. I don't know. Pray, Lord, you see it. And then they prayed this. Holy moly, get ready. Grant to your servants your doulas, your slaves who love you, Master, Grant to them, to us, to continue to speak your word with all boldness while you stretch out your hand to heal and signs and wonders are performed through the name of your holy servant, Jesus. And when they prayed, the place in which they were gathered, um, in which they were gathering together was shaken. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and continued to speak the Word of God with boldness. They prayed for courage to keep clearly, faithfully preaching the gospel of Christ. That's it. That's what they prayed for. That's, that's amazing to me. You know why that's so amazing? They didn't pray, make it stop. They didn't pray for the persecution to stop. They didn't pray for their persecutors to get theirs. They're messed up, God. They didn't start talking to each other and venting about, oh, you saw Caiaphas and all those, they crucified Jesus, it was all there. They didn't get all up in a, they didn't get all local brother, get nuts, you know, jumping, hopping up and down, pushing at each other. Oh, yeah, they messed with us, let's do something. They didn't get all nuts like that. That's not what was happening in their prayer time. And they didn't, even, they didn't pray for comfort. They didn't say, oh, God, so unfair. 
I want us to see this. They prayed not for comfort, but for courage. For courage to what? Great commission. Keep going. Keep preaching. Just give us, enable us with boldness and faith and strength. Just one more day, one more time, one more gospel, one more gospel act, one more gospel opportunity. Just one more day, if that's what I got. Just keep us going, Lord. Fill us with the Holy Spirit, please. Is that how we pray? I wouldn't be shocked if much of our prayers are so far from that. Go through your journals and see what your prayer is about, who it's about, what's the purpose, what's the aim, what's the goal. Is it comfort? Or is it courage to keep going in the Great Commission? That's why I ripped out so much pages in my prayer journals. I was so embarrassed. I had such a man-centered faith. It was all about me and what God could give me. That was Christianity to me. And when I didn't get what I want, I blame God. This isn't fun. This isn't fair. This is messed up, man. And that would be the sum of our small groups, right? I'm struggling. I'm struggling because. I'm struggling because I know more not a pillow. I want more comfort, more pleasure, more money, more, more stuff, more fame, more this life stuff. This is not how the apostles and their friends prayed. It's not how they thought. They prayed as pilgrims. I'm here, quick, gone. That's how I pray our church prays. That's how I pray we pray. Pray as a pilgrim. And while you're here on this planet and you got breath, young man and woman, and you got strong backs and legs, God, give me courage and boldness and strength to keep on preaching. That's how we ought to pray. That's how the Apostle Paul counseled young Timothy in his letter. Chapter 3, understand this, it's going to be hard. Expect it, bro. Chapter 4, therefore I charge you in the presence of God. Preach the word. That's 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 12, and then it goes all the way to 14. I'll read it for you. We're almost pal. It says this. Paul telling Timothy, indeed, all who desire to live a godly life in Christ Jesus will be, will be, not might be, will be persecuted. While evil people and impostors will go on from bad to worse. That sound relevant? Come on deceiving and being deceived. But as for you, this is to us tonight, you continue in what you've learned and have firmly believed, knowing from whom you learned it and how from childhood, Timmy, you have been acquainted with the sacred writings. There it is again, the Scripture. Pray for our children in this place and in our church. From young age, just be acquainted with it. Get familiar with it. Hear it again and again. Which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith in Christ Jesus. All scripture is breathed out by God. Didn't we not see that in the text tonight? They said David spoke, inspired by the Spirit. Breathed out by God and profitable for teaching, reproof, correction, training, and righteousness, that the man of God may be complete, 
equipped for every good work. I charge you in the presence of God and of Christ Jesus, who is the judge of the living and the dead, and by his appearing and his kingdom, Timothy, preach the word. And pray for boldness to keep doing it. This is how we need to pray. This is how they prayed. This is how we need to pray now, today, tonight. In the midst of a society and a world and a nation that is falling apart. We don't need to be shook. The word of God says that would happen. Psalm chapter 2 is just as applicable today as it was back then in Acts. Read through that. The nation's rage, people's plot in vain. Against your holy anointed servant. But read the rest of the song. Read the rest of the book. Our king is coming. And he'll righteously reign, our sovereign Lord. We look past this life into him. And in prayer, we let our prayers be so grounded in the sovereignty of God. And that as we pray, his word, his scriptures just guide us and give us that peace that surpasses understanding. And your faith grows. Your faith gets stronger. This is why sometimes, often, maybe some of us in this place, you have a hard time praying because you just, you don't have much of his word in you. Get it in there. Your prayers is just a lot of your thoughts. And that's it. You just vent, 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 but that's it. You don't hear anyone else. Hear the word of the Lord. Personally, some encouragement. Just some practical questions. Do you have a hot spot? What I mean by that is do you have a place where you get alone with God and pray? Do you? Do you have friends that pray? Peter and John, they got released. They went to their friends who would probably won't pray. Luke 5.16 says this, Jesus, our Lord, often slipped away, often withdrew to lonely places to pray. Often. That's how he did life. Do you have a hot spot? you have a place where you meet up with Christ? You're going to get persecuted. You're going to get oppressed. You're going to hit hardship in this life. You will. For the faith, and maybe not even for the faith, just because times is hard. Circumstance is going to hit. Where will you go? Where will you pray? Assess your prayers. If you don't journal, just think maybe. Just think of the last prayer you prayed. And are you praying more for comfort or for courage for the Great Commission? Last one, be deliberate. My encouragement is to be deliberate and pray with others at gatherings, meaning like tonight, things like this. Sundays, when you bump into a believer, There'll be times I'm just walking through my day or through the halls here at work. It's just in the middle of a work day. And, I, and, and I'm just, so, there's something here in my heart that I'm just weighing on me. And I'll have this thought in my head. The next believer, regardless of how old or young they are, the next believer I bump into, I'm going to ask them for prayer. I need it right now. Take advantage of that. Exercise that. Make, it a, del- make a deliberate effort when you show up at a gathering. I'm going to pray with someone. Don't, like, make it a goal. Like, I'm going to leave this place tonight filled with the Spirit. And I see in the Scriptures that they did it in prayer together. I pray that our church here at New Moana would grow in corporate prayer just as a family, just like breathing. Prayer is like breathing to us. 
we stop praying, we stop breathing. We stop breathing, we die. But praying rooted in the sovereignty of God in the scriptures, yeah? I'm going to close our time like this. A couple minutes, I just want us to pray. Pray together. You know, you came with your family or someone, just a friend next to you, just in small groups, twos and threes. You don't need to huddle too close if you're, you know, concerned about distance and whatnot. That's just, that's fine. If you want to sit by yourself and pray, that's fine too. But I'm just going to give us a space right now for a few moments, a few minutes. But we are going to pray the sovereignty of God. I don't understand and I don't know and none of us might see the full situation and scope of what you're going through in life right now. Maybe some here, your circumstances of life is just very tough tonight. Your faith is being shook tonight. Or maybe some of us have been persecuted for our faith. And that needs to get prayed through right now. We're going to pray the attributes of God. And then to the best of our ability, by the help of the Holy Spirit, just even use tonight's text, we're going to pray the scriptures. And then we will pray for boldness. To be so filled with the Spirit. I lo- don't you love that part in the text? I think Kevin, I don't know if Kevin pointed out where, and the place where they gather was shaken. You want to see your world, you want to see God shake something? Learn to pray like this. I believe it with all my heart. Just imagine, can you imagine every one of our members in our church family just praying like this together for the gospel? God will shake this place, shake our islands, shake our country, shake the world. We must pray.